Hello there. Hello there, and welcome to the Sith Takers Snapshots podcast. I'm your host today, Adam Tudor, and joining me today, for, all the way from Australia, is Julian Hood. How's it going? Not too bad. Uh, you've just come back from the Australian Open, so how are you doing? Yeah, a bit tired. <laughs> but uh, yeah, good. I'm sure. Um, so we're just going to talk to you today about really the the scene over in Australia and um, and how you found your your first Australian Open. Uh, yeah. So we'll jump we'll jump straight in. Uh, what is the scene like in Australia? Yeah, uh, super super competitive. So I you see I, I basically I started really playing competitive X wing uh, in Australia. Um, and it kind of got got me set up well for coming across for for Europe. It's it's a very high speed, precise and fairly aggressive style, I guess. Okay, so lots of lots of jousts then, perhaps not so much of the sort of aces running around for a hundred. Uh, yeah, no, for, no, no. I mean, you know, yeah. aces are very popular and do a lot of work, but uh, they don't go to time. Right. Okay. So yeah, no, no conserving points and, and running. Well, I mean, it, it's it's not the. I'm trying to think how to explain it. Pe- people literally play faster. Okay. So what might be a ten or a fifteen minute turn in Europe is less than five in Australia. Right. Okay. Uh, so when you're playing a list that needs to conserve points, or you're you're at a game state where you conserve points. You have to fly that out rather than just. Uh, you de- def- definitely don't don't have issues with potential slow play or anything else. Okay, so you just you just find that you actually just get more X wing in per game. Um, uh, yeah. How does that translate def- def- over definitely. here? I, I guess I've, 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 over the last year I've, I've I've gotten really used to the to to the to the UK and the European styles of X wing. You know, um, going around Europe a lot. Uh, you know, you find each country has its own idiosyncrasies, and no, none, none are better or worse than any other. But you just notice slight differences. You, you might, you might find. Uh, I, well, I, I found in Germany, it's slightly kind of beef heavy. Um, Aces certainly more popular in Netherlands. Well, well, actually, last time I played Netherlands was. When you could have Boba two two quads and Palob, so I don't know if that really counts. <laughs> <laughs> Just my, my, minor differences, but I think that the 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 competitive standard in Australia is just very high. There's a, there's a lot of a lot of a lot of crossover in the different in the different cities, and like for big events, people people travel, and you see a lot of familiar faces. Right. Okay. So with Australia, obviously it's. It's a fairly large place, and and we over here tend to think of it as as being quite spread out. Do you have difficulty in in getting guys together for games, or is there like a good strong scene? I mean, so, so a lot a lot of the big the biggest cities, quite quite a few the smaller ones have quite big scenes. So when I was in Oz, I I played in Canberra, so the the ACT, and I I could I could play X, like just regular X Wing nights. Uh, three nights a week, as as well as and as well as having you know reasonably regular like you know maybe every couple of weeks uh, tournaments on weekends, without travelling more than twenty five minutes. And that's that's a community. 
in each the individual stores each have like a like a core community and you've got people who like myself would play at multiples and you know, each each city has this to a bigger or lesser degree and then when you have bigger events so hyperspace trials nationals and so on people travel uh, but what they're traveling is like doing UK Poland or something similar rather than driving for two hours to go to nationals in Birmingham right but yeah there's for a small population there's a massive community so so quite a, quite a good uh, consistent scene then um, yeah, has so. uh, do you think FFG at OP not getting involved has made it harder for you guys over there or are you happy to just carry on and, well, and support well so there there had been some some big issues with with OP in Australia with the people who who ran the OP the the, the last last run of the the store championships in 1.0 they just forgot to order kits so there were there were nice. no store championships for Australia and a, bun- a bunch of the kind of you know, more high level competitive players managed to organize a set of kits to get sent over to to Australia, which were then given to this distributor to get to get out to the different stores where they were going to be held. They then managed to lose one of these kits and so on. So um, <laughs> they, they, they were not in the good books of of the community. Mm. Uh, but at nationals last year, a uh, conversation was struck uh, with uh, Alex Watkins, so now head of FFGOP. Just, just regarding the state of OP in Australia, and that kind of set the the wheels in motion to to really just start stepping up what's happening for OP here. Um, that's that's culminated obviously in us actually having a system open, which has been has been been fantastic. You know, um, numbers dropped slightly, kind of with a few with cancellations in the last last week or two. So I think it ended up two hundred and fifty something, but you know, really good numbers for for the first system open. Yeah, as you say, for the first time that you got one, um, it's a really good number to to scrape everybody to, together. Um, especially, I suppose, helped by you know you mentioned the people are already willing to travel uh, and they, they play around, sort of thing. So how how was the venue for the for the open? Uh, phenomenal. So the, it, the place is referred. It calls itself the Bankstown Sports Club. Which in no way, shape, or form gives you a picture of what the kind, of, what kind of a venue it is. Um, it's an outgrowth of a kind of place called an RSL, like a, a style of place. So, like a a, a a gigantic hospitality venue, which you you need to be a mem- a registered member to attend to, to be able to visit. Um, but you can you can sign in as a, as a guest so that you can come and experience it. Basic basically, they're they're designed around a complex series of tax routes. So that they don't have to pay the tax they should for food, drink, etc., and can offer. Right. Uh, they're subsidised by gaming, like uh, the um, poker machines and so on, uh, on on top of not not paying full tax tax rates. So you, the food and drink is discounted, and they have huge amounts of money which they then throw back into community projects and things as well. But the, the venue is gigantic, so we we were in a. Uh, the, the the ballroom area, which which fit the full number in in one space very comfortably, and the the venue itself has on site some ridiculous numbers of bars, restaurants, cafes, etc. Picture like 
looking at the interior of a Las Vegas casino. And that's that's the floor. So, you know, we'd get there in the morning, dump our stuff, and we'd wander, we'd, we'd wander past a couple of different bars and restaurants. So we found a cafe that we wanted to have, you know, coffee and breakfast and stuff in. In the evenings, you know, you had a choice of multiple bars. We ended up most of the time in the, the basement brew house, which they, they have a ridiculous, like, 10-page beer menu. And yeah, anyway, great venue, ridiculous in size. And, yeah, <laughs> very much has that kind of Vegas feel. It just sounds like a phenomenal menu to have in, in one place. Um, did you get many international players? Yeah, so we had a, a, a strong representation from a, a huge, huge shout-out to, to to the gigantic number of uh, Kiwis, uh, guys over from uh, Singapore, Malaysia. Obviously, uh, the, the the winner of the tournament from Singapore, XY, a uh, phenomenal, phenomenal player, take, taking it out with a, uh, a separatist swarm. Yeah, I, I did see that. Um, we will get to that final in a moment because I've, I've noted down the lists. Yeah, yeah. Um, did you see a lot of list diversity in, in the uh, Open? <clears throat> yeah, so it, it, to me, and it may be confirmation bias, but it felt, in terms of total lists, felt fairly Swiss heavy. Uh, sorry, the internal to- in terms of total lists, the Swiss felt fairly resistance heavy. Right. Um, that that didn't at all translate to the cut, uh, <laughs> but it certainly saw a lot of it. I think I faced either two or three uh, carbon copies of of that three X wing fin fin list, and then I think twice more in Swiss today. So there's a lot of that same list. What, well, what is the spe- specifically, I, I encountered it. Um, like like uh, the, the the core is like Finn, Jess, Bastion, and Snap. Okay. So you've, you've just got high, hyper efficiency, multi action economy, leveraging you know un- undercosted uh, interactions of Finn with heroic pat, uh, pattern analyzer, and then you know, your your flavor choice of something like. Perceptive Copilot or three PO, um, snap snap triggering the uh, the the composure failed boost to to do his focus and target lock for no stress. Jess gets her rerolls and has BB eight for extra rerolls if she needs them in a clutch turn, and then uh, uh, Bastion who gains target locks when something takes damage cards so he can focus and then then pick up his target lock. So you've got three X-Wings, which all, all shoot with basically target lock focus, and Finn, who just does Finn things. So it, it, it's a strong jousting list, but gets out-positioned, and I think that's that's why they didn't make... I don't, I, I, I don't actually remember looking over the whole, the whole of the cut, but I don't think a great many made it that far, because there's a lot of ace, ace play in Australia as well. You know, Imperial's a very popular faction... Republic got good rec- good representation, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So a strong list that, as you say, potentially just gets out positioned, and and it is quite low um, initiatives there. How did you yourself do? You mentioned um, uh, uh, so I, I, I started started fine. Um, took one my first three. Uh, I got demolished on stream with Jaron. I had a I thought. I th- I think over the course of the entire game, I I had 
paint on two of my green dice. Oof. Like, it was pretty horrific. But we had, we had a good laugh about it. But then, then sadly, my fifth game was a matchup against one of my old squad mates. Uh, so, you know, I can't, can't come to Australia and then knock out, <laughs> knock, knock out guys that, yeah. that I you know, you'd used to play with week in, week out and stop them from getting prizes I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but I, 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 I say that. <laughs> he still he, he flew out a magnificent game anyway. Um, so... Yeah. Anyway, so I, I, I finished the day on four two. It's fun. Um, then went through, played the hyperspace today, and and, and went went five zero. Very nice. What were you flying? Uh, same list for both. Uh, yeah, yeah. The uh, Morgan Jedi. So a couple of Jedi, a couple of Torrents. Okay. Uh, and so, which yeah, Jedi? Consistent. Bit of a... Yeah. Uh, so with with the point change. You lose the ability to run uh, a second Regen 7B with any. So I've, I've sl- slotted the uh, CLT Obion instead. Okay. L- less, less beef, but it gives you a higher initiative ship, which is just a little bit more fiddly to use. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, good fun. And are you making use of sense, or are you keeping uh, your initiative? Yeah, so I... For the hyperspace today, I actually I just dropped sense off it, and didn't notice a difference. You know, you 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 reach a point like like when I, I used to use uh, a a bump master in scum lists back in one and it's the same as with intel agent used to be. You you get to a point in the game where you don't need sense to know what somebody's going to do and just get the block anyway. Mm. Uh, so just went without and I didn't notice a difference. You continue to do very well. This has been a nice light week where I've only done like eleven games. But last <laughs> last week, last week was tw- it was twenty seven games of X Wing from Wednesday to Sunday, which which felt like felt like a lot of X Wing, yeah. Yeah. So we'll um, have a if we, if we can a quick chat about the final. Um, mm. So I I do have the lists here. Um, I'll, I'll just run through them. So we had uh, Rebels with uh, Wedge. Who had uh, crack shot torpedoes, R2 and the uh, servomos. Luke with heightened perception, torpedoes, afterburners, R2 and the foils. Jake Farrell with crack shot and predator. Yep. It's quite unusual. And separatists had uh, Maul with uh, heightened perception, tractor beam, grievous and the title. And then six vultures, all with grappling struts, but no energy shells. So the things that immediately the, jump out at me there was there was the uh, the droid thing on Dooku too, wasn't there? The evade or strain one, right? Yes, that that was the yeah. tactical relay. So that I mean that that again is quite unusual. Um, I don't think we've really seen much of that. It's usually the the one that gives calculates or the one that holds calculates. Um, That's right. But immediately something that jumps out at me is both sides here have heightened perception um, on their yes. force users. Is that something that is a reaction, you think, to Australia having a lot of high initiative? It makes a lot of sense with the with the CIS list because you, you, you've got your six-ship swarm, so it's a swarm, it's great, but uh, you, it's nice to have that linchpin as well. And Dooku is fantastic, but Initiative 3 can, you know, the, the lower initiatives on the scimitars in general can be a, can be a burden. But by giving him 
the heightened perception, he gets some amazing tricks, like cracking out that high initiative shot and then tri- trigger- triggering humor, humor, so setting up shots for their swarm. But most importantly, you, he can get in a clutch PS kill if he needs to, or he, he, can, he, he can start that daisy chain where he shoots first and then he can have have actions start triggering where he then recloaks for subsequent shots and then then starts jamming or doing other things and just interacting with people's firing order in really interesting ways and giving people really tough choices. Uh, you know, there, there were just there were some amazing turns in that game in between anything from just just perfectly planned blocks to just watching how he he manipulated firing order and and that ship just didn't take damage. Yeah, and I think um, Bob mentioned to me that he, he was making good use of getting the tractor beam to just pull people in front of the droids. It's, it's just a really, really well thought out combination, which which was just leveraged so well. I think the the, in, the initial engage in that game kind of went well for both players, um, but there was an element of just not being able to chew through the separatists fast enough, and and just as you were saying, really good use of of setting up to to mob individual ships with with the swarm. Yeah, um, and I believe that went the separatists' way in the end. Yes, indeed. The opening engagement maybe slightly even favoured the rebels, and mid-game could very easily have gone either way. Just uh, one one failed roll at the wrong time, and suddenly suddenly Acta has two ships versus versus five, and it's a very very fast downhill slope. Absolutely, a, a game well played there by both in in reaching the final and. And a win for the separatists there, which we've not really seen the highest potential there. I don't think we've. There's been a lot of like Jedi doing very well with their sort of various force powers and high initiatives, and maybe the separatists have kind of slipped a little bit to the wayside. Yeah, I mean, people people have shied away. Seem to have shied away from separatists for a few things. You know, that they're, they're you know. It's worth noting that they're probably the most expensive faction to buy into, because you literally need to, need to buy everything, and there are not a great many low ship count separatist lists, which are very competitive. You know, Republic, you can buy a Guardians pack and an extra Jedi, and you're golden. Maybe add a Naboo in there, and suddenly you've got variants of three Ace lists, and you know, it's, it's a very inexpensive faction to fly. But uh, of the new ones, the CIS need need a big buy-in, so you, you have that to start with. Swarms, some people don't like or struggle to fly swarms. You've got you've got that uh, psychological element where people look at a t- uh, three health, two agility ship and think, oh, this thing's not going to survive long enough. All these things that come into what stops people playing it, but they're legitimately a very very good faction, and because not a lot of people have been flying them, not a lot of people. Have a good handle on how to handle them, so when they do come out, sometimes you get these you get these incredible performances. Um, and with, with a player as strong as I can't pronounce his name, so I'm going to stick with the pseudonym X Y. <laughs> yeah, it was just it was wonderful to watch, just seeing what the, what they can really do. And yeah, really just seeing them in the hand of somebody who has clearly put a lot of thought into how his list is going to work and, and how it's going to take on. 
uh, lists that you potentially think, you know, initially you think, oh, Luke and Wedge, perhaps with the tops, delete a, um, a vulture each right off the bat, and then it really swings the Rebels way. Um, but actually some, some clever flying um, changes that. Absolutely. Okay, well, uh, thank you very much for coming on. We will um, finish off there. We'll be back Wednesday uh, to have a chat with the uh, Team Ireland guys from Euros. Uh, so thank you very much, Julian. Pleasure. And it's uh, goodbye from both of us. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Bye-bye. Trailhead full of zombies. I met a strange lady, she made me nervous. She took me in and gave me breakfast. And she said, Do you come from a land down under?